Well, hello. You're here for the Geeky Podcast. Well, unfortunately, there's new programming. You see, they can't speak at the moment because I've cut out their tongues. (laughs) I know the real reason you're here. See, your plans won't work because when I'm done gutting these two like fish, I'm gonna be coming for- Hey, 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 hey. What are you doing? Like, I thought we were trying to record an episode, bro. Well, we're doing an episode on Far Cry. So, you know, all the games start with a really epic, like, villain monologue. So, you know, I'm starting the episode with a really epic monologue. Dude, I really think we should really start this episode and, and like, not give them this, like, portion of it. Because I know we'll be talking about this shortly. Fine. Buzzkill. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Matt with uh, Geeks from the Multiverse podcast. With me is my arch nemesis, John. What's up, y'all? And first off, why do you think I'm the enemy, man? Like, I thought we were bros. I don't know why we're, we're doing this right. Why are we hating on each other? This is our podcast. Well, you see, we're two different factions. And, uh, you know, we're in this lifelong battle all the time. What are you? What are you like, William Shatner? Like all the time, and then. Well, we're doing Far Cry, man. Like we're well, two different factions here. I mean, I'm just saying, bro. Like I thought we were past all this stuff. I mean, we talked about a bullying episode, and now you're thinking that I'm just this this jerk and this pompous. Never, you know what? never. Yeah, as he's trying to, you know, give me a <laughs> something. But anyways. Anyways, this episode, if you couldn't have already guessed, we're going to be talking about the Far Cry video game series. There are six games in the series, plus, you know, numerous spin-off games. So we're going to be doing two episodes for this video game series. This episode, we're going to give you a brief overview of each game. You know, the characters, the villains, the scene, you know, where they're located. The next episode, which is next week, we're going to go over our likes and dislikes and what we, you know, overall felt about the games. So, before we get into the Far Cry games, let's get into some news. Welcome to the Multiverse Studios Live. With me, as always, is Matt Gunther, and we got your boy John up in here. And we're going to bring you some news today. It's actually about Marvel, believe it or not. And I know a lot of you, depending on if you've already seen it or not, I'm not going to give any spoilers, okay? Just going to mention that right now. But it's actually about the Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. And what I found interesting, because I already watched it, I know Matt hasn't seen it, so that's why... I'm not going to mention anything, 
But I will mention this one thing that I found really interesting. So Jimmy Kimmel and Chris Pratt, they actually did an interview with each other. And this is how I found out. And I actually seen it, of course, the movie. And I didn't realize that it actually happened until they actually started talking about it. So Chris Pratt is the first person in MCU, like history, to actually swear in the movie. Now, granted, it's a PG-13 rating. And I understand that, for example, the F word is, is very uncommon in a PG-13 movie. But in this one, it, it was clear as day. So the way it goes is they were talking and, you know, Jimmy Kimmel was like, you know, I'm surprised that they gave you this, this honor of being able to say the first swear word because they originally thought Samuel Jackson, if, again, if you don't know who he is, then I would advise you to look him up. But he, in all of his movies, likes to swear constantly. Like, the F word is his favorite word of all time. And literally, they have done, count, they have done countless times of how many times he's actually used the word in a movie and all of his movies in general. But anyways, so Chris Pratt was like, man, he's like, I, you know, I was honored. You know, it was, it, was, it was a welcoming kind of moment for me. But what happened was, is apparently Kevin Feige and James Gunn, they were talking. And apparently they were talking about this one particular scene. And so Kevin Feige, the way he is, was like, are you sure you want to be the first director in the MCU to be able to say that they used an actual swear word in a movie. And, of course, James Gunn, being the way he is, he's like, do you not understand who I am? Of course I want to have this one scene as a defining moment for who I am and whatnot, because, believe it or not, James Gunn is going to be leaving pretty much MCU, and he's going to be going over to the dark side. He's going over to the DCEU, and he's going to be building basically the same concept as what Marvel's doing, so he'll be the new Kevin Feige for DC. But what's interesting about this is that when you watch the video, and it's on multiple media platforms, so like TikTok is a big one, it actually shows a scene of what happens, what is going on in that time, which is Nebula is trying to open the door, and all of a sudden, you know, Chris Pratt or Star Lord's like, hey, you know, pull the lever. And he and she was not listening and she kept taking her finger and started poking the, the keyhole. And the entire time he was getting frustrated. He's like, What are you doing? He's like, It looks like you're just poking the keyhole. It's like, I don't know how to open this thing. And so he's just like, he's like, use the lever. And so she's like, Okay, I got it. Now what do I do? She's like, pull up. And then she just doesn't listen. And then basically he says, you know the F word. And then like, she finally gets in and says, I don't know why humans love to, you know, make it such, you know, complicated machines and whatnot. So when you listen to it for the first time, I know what watching it for the first time, I know my wife and I were sitting there. I didn't know. And I actually heard a kid who said something to his mother. He was like, mom, they just swore on TV or on the, the big screen. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> you know, I kept it quiet, but I don't know, Matt. What do you what do you think on this? I think it's interesting that they want to do it, but like, what are your thoughts on how they, you know, decided to make the scene like the number, like the the ultimate, you know, historical theme for this? I mean, I, I guess I just question the necessity for it. Like, is it really that necessary to to use the f word in that particular? I mean, I have I have seen that clip, and. That's what I question. Like, what is the vehicle they're using to, to you know, it 
to me, I mean, like I said, I, I haven't seen the movie yet, and I do plan on watching it. But just watching that one scene, it, it seems like it was just kind of forced. Like, I mean, it wasn't necessary. I mean, it was more of a like a, like a satire moment because I know when you guys watch it, it and it, it it is kind of like a funny moment because in what they're really doing is actually important, and so that's why in that moment it was kind of like a like a quick funny moment to like throw in there. I mean, it might not make any sense if you don't understand because right now, if you haven't seen it. I can understand why it doesn't make any sense, but I guarantee you when you see it, it, it does actually kind of tie into what they were doing. It was just like, you know, when that happened, it was, at first I didn't, like I said, I, it didn't really register like what he was actually saying in that moment. And then like, it, like I said, it almost had like had me to like watch this and I had no idea. And I was like, Oh shoot. And I watched the video of that clip and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I, now I do remember that's what he said. I just didn't think about it at that moment because it was just like, oh, whatever, not a big deal. Um, and, you know, I will admit that, you know, depending on the type of person you are, you, you know, I'm going to advise you probably to, you know, maybe bring a couple of tissues. I mean, depending on who you are. But, you know, it's, I would say it's a good movie overall, right? But again, I'm not spoiling anything. You know, I just wanted to talk about this because it was something that, I found interesting enough to want to mention it's actually like for some reason it's actually a really hot topic that I just didn't realize it was blowing up the internet right now and you know as Matt and I talk about you know all basically things Marvel it's like you know these are moments that don't happen as often because you know when we you know find out when you know new movies are happening or like the writer strike that we talked about a little while ago you know it it doesn't it really doesn't help when, like, for example, like we've talked about, like, Blade, you know, having a, you know, a movie like that, and then now it's being delayed for another, you know, so long, and it's it sucks. But, like, it's actually, not to, like, kind of go drawn out of this, but it sucks because there's actually a lot of TV shows that are now being canceled that, you know, because of these, the, the writer strikes and whatnot. But, but anyways, um, we just figured we'd give you that little tidbit, but... You know, let's jump into the the overview of Far Cry. Absolutely. So, for those of you who haven't played Far Cry, um, it's on its sixth version. I guess I could say version, right? I mean, it, I mean, I wouldn't say version. I guess it would be it. It's on its sixth iteration of like different. Um, because I mean, I guess the the concept of the game is is similar to each game itself, but it it has its different. You know, we'll go into it like antagonist, protagonist. You know, having these different you know villains and you know the the good guys, if you want to call them to a degree. Um, you know what they're trying to do and how they're trying to go about it. But I, I mean, they're on their sixth game right now. Is really, I guess, I want to say it. Yeah. So. Generally, like they share a th like all the games share a general theme of, you know, you take kind of this lawless frontier, or this lawless place, where, you know, the laws of today or whenever that, you know, in that game, take place, are no longer functioning, right? Yeah, and I mean it. It's a game where. It has its own kind of set of rules. I mean, I guess if you want to if you want to compare a game or a couple of games to it, I guess it's like if you take Assassin's Creed, if you ever played it, 
to a degree. And like taking GTA and maybe like, I, I would say kind of like the open world concept of like the newest, like God of War in a sense, where you take all three a little bit and it, it gives you like a, an immersive play style where, you know, you're jumping in the game and of course there's missions, there's other things that are going on. There's, you know, storyline, there's side quests, there's all these other things that you have to do, challenges. Um, but really it's the main, I would say the concept of the game is like, you know, depending on who the main character is of that particular game, you know, you're going against, let's say, you know, a dictator or, you know, a particular, you know, individual that might be, um, well, like in five, there like, was yeah, a cult leader. Yeah, it was like a cult leader. I mean, there's like so many different yeah. things. I mean, it, yeah. it, it just, like I said, you have to start playing them a little bit to understand, you know, what each game is really about. I mean, and a lot of the, you know, the gameplay for every one of them, it's, you know, you might jump into one and, for example, let's say we're talking about four and you might all of a sudden run into a rhino. Oh, I hate and, the rhinos, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, and you might have to, you know, defeat this animal, which I understand. I understand that, you know, people out there who, who love animals, but unfortunately in this game, they, they don't care about you. They want to kill you. And it's, and it's pretty obvious because if that rhino is coming right after you, good luck trying to kill it. And for those of you that love animals, as soon as you kill that said animal and you leave the area and you come back, he's right back where he was grazing or doing whatever that animal normally yeah. does so it's not like you're really killing him and it's like end all forever he right. just respawns well i mean and again <laughs> it is a video game right so it's not like they're using yeah. real animals right and so you know the you know when we go into it a little bit more you know there's different you know game styles there's different things you can do in in each one of these games but um my best opinion on this is really if you guys ever wanted to like try out the series itself, you, you could probably play the first two, you know, it's not really so um, connected to the other games as well. I mean, all the games itself literally have their own storyline. There's no like continuation yeah. of them. Um, they might have like little Easter eggs of like the different ones in, you know, some of the other games. So like, for example, you might collect um, like a bobblehead or some kind of like, you know, thing you can put in your car and it's like from the previous games because Ubisoft likes to do that, especially with like Assassin's right. Creed and stuff. But like, you know, if you if you play like Ubisoft games, I can tell you, you know, Ubisoft does a really good job on, you know, a lot of the games. So like, again, Assassin's Creed, you know, Far Cry. Um, I mean, those are, I would say, probably their two biggest like titles that they like to do. But there's, of course, other games as well. But like those definitely... um really play a big part of their you know their gaming development i know like another series that Matt and i played was like uh ghost recon and like wildlands and stuff like that which i'm not that's gonna have to be a whole that, series that's in that's itself, that's yes. gonna be a whole series itself but i mean like we said it this this series of games is, is definitely a if you have time i would advise to play it it's not yeah. just something that we're just you know making stuff up and on the fly it's it's definitely a good yeah. series to play so the first far cry came out in 2004 and it came actually came out on Xbox 360, PS3, and Windows, uh, for those of you on PC. Um, and it follows a individual named Jack Carver, who is a former Special Forces uh, soldier. Um, it's set in a tropical rainforest in the South Pacific, and there is a scientist 
on this island from what I, and I never played one or two, but from what I understand and, and the research that I've done on the game, the scientist basically is doing genetic research on the various animals on this island. Right. And I, from my understanding from the first one and also like the second one is he, when he does the experiments, he like, again, he sees Jack Carver and I'm pretty sure he like is almost dead. And so they like basically revive him. And I'm is it, I think they, I think he does like a genetic like mutation mutation on him. Well, and that's what I was trying to think of the movie. It was with um, Rob Schneider. I think it's animal or. You know yes. what I'm talking about? Like something like that, but not funny like not that. Not funny. But yes. it's definitely like to a point where he gets these enhanced abilities to, you know, be able to track, you know, individuals and, you know, has the ability to like, you know, run really fast and like, you know, has all these like enhanced human or like enhanced human like super abilities that allow him to basically be the ultimate killer is really what it is. And Far Cry really is an instinct. And you know, one of the games we'll mention, like, uh, it's called Far Cry Primal. That actually is a, like, a prequel, to, and it's a spinoff, but it really goes into how Far Cry, like, the instinct itself is a, you know, precursor to what these games were, you know, talking about. Um, but, I mean, like, the first one and the second one I can kind of mention real quick is, like, um, the one unique thing about the first one, if I'm not mistaken, is you actually could create um, your own map. So you could go in there and create your own map at the time, which a lot of games were not doing that, which I found it really interesting because I do remember um, a couple times my brother and I, and I, I always mention my brother and I because we did a lot of like video games together, but he, that was one particular game I do remember like he would go in, he'd make a map, and you'd have like all these like, you know, you can have like mountains, you can have like vehicles, you can have all kinds of different things, and you can literally um, like go into the map and when it's talking about multiplayer, um, well, that was PvP, which right, which was local at the time. Yes, yeah, it was. It was, it was not online. You're talking Xbox 360. Well, it did have multiplayer, but this game really, also wasn't quite open world either. Well, and it really at that time, it was. It really was more local play. It, online didn't really come about, and like. You know, not in two thousand four. No, it, it it became a little bit later, but like that was actually one of the very few games that really did go on or didn't have the online multiplayer piece to it. And when you would play, like I would, you know, again, you'd do the local play. You'd be sitting in the same room, you know, have the split screen, you'd have all that stuff, and you know, if let's say somebody made the map or whatever, and like they know where everything is, they have an advantage, you know, over whatever. But um, the gameplay, from what I can remember. I mean, being on the Xbox 360, I think that's actually what we played it on. Um, it wasn't, I think for the time, it actually wasn't that bad. It wasn't, um, you know, it, the graphics were okay. I mean, it, again, it's it's that time, that generation of right. consoles. But it, um, it definitely, you know, it, I think it did well. You know, overall, I think there was definitely some things that they could have worked on a little bit better. But, I mean, that's the And that's the game. thing with Far Cry is, like, as each as each new game came out, like they update the, I mean, the basic mechanics are there, but they, they, they update certain things about, you know, how you drive vehicles, how the gun, you know, how, how the guns feel. And so I will mention that in the first 
game and as well as the second one. Their their mechanics. I know the first game, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was actually a lot harder to drive a vehicle. Oh, I'm sure. And the second one, it became a little bit easier, not by much, but it was the same concept, basically moving from that to like three, four, five, all the way up. Like, I will tell you, the newest one definitely has done a lot better of a job when it comes to driving because in some of the other games, depending on what you're driving or how you're controlling it, it's a lot harder to master it because. If you're, you know, a full-time gamer or a casual player or this and that, depending on what you're playing, you know, every system has their own different controls and how they, you know, operate vehicles and do things. But this one was more for, you know, you're using your analog sticks, you know, you're pressing the right analog to like, you know, use the speed and then like... This is like Halo. Yeah, kind of, kind of similar to that. And that's what it was. And it was, it was a lot harder at the time to kind of like master it, you know, especially if you're going down like a windy road. And it's dirt, and you know you're going through a jungle, and, and and it made it a lot harder to control the environment as you were in it. Um, but I will I'll mention the second one, Matt. Okay, I'll, I'll mention the second okay. one. So the so the second game, right? So this one's Far Cry Two. This one came out um, in 2008, and it was Xbox 360, PS3 again, uh, Windows. Actually, mobile phones came out after. Well, actually, now I'm thinking about it. I think Far Cry originally came out on the Xbox. You're probably right. I think the Xbox 360 didn't come out until, until after, the two, yeah, like, I think 2010, was, 2011. Yeah, I think, yeah, I want to say it was the Xbox for both. It might have been for both, but I'm pretty sure. The first one was definitely Xbox. I do remember that. I think the second one was for, um, no, actually, I, I think this one was the 360 for Far Cry 2. Um, and this one is you play as a mercenary sent as part of a team to hunt the jackal. You pick from a pool of nine mercenaries at the start of the game, right? And the jackal is a dangerous arms dealer who is selling weapons to two different factions. It's also set in an African country engulfed in civil war. So this one's more, not so much like the first game, but this is definitely like if you're like in Africa, like actually. Well, this one starts very different from the first one. Well, and it also... The graphics, t- this one definitely, I would say, from the Xbox version to the, the Xbox 360, the graphics were definitely improved. The uh, the story was probably a little bit better in some regards in, in how you were, you know, doing yeah. things. Um, and the, I would say the overall with this one is like, instead of being in a jungle, this time you're in a, like, you know, the, I don't even know how, like, basically, like, if you're out in the, the, I don't even know what the like the best way to call it, but like the 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 plains of like Africa, like the the tall the savanna. Okay, like the savanna that I couldn't I don't know why I couldn't think of it, but like you're going out and it's like it's all tall grass is like you know the the trees out in the distance and stuff. So there's like different areas where you know it'd be like a, an open field with like little African villages and and stuff like that. And then there might be some parts that could be like maybe a little jungle, maybe you know a little different in in some areas but um this one really you know took the whole instinct like the whole far cry instinct to another level yeah and it became like this was actually the the first game i do remember that you know you'd build upon the the instincts that you have and if i'm not mistaken i think you are jack carver in this one as well or, or, or you can be, I guess. You can be, but yeah. I mean, in the beginning, you, you pick one of nine mercenaries. Um, 
But this one, like I said before, it starts really, really different because you actually, at the start of the game, get infected with malaria. Yeah, and I think... And you have to regularly, like... Oh, that's right. You have to take doses to... Because you, you get infected with this malaria, you have to, like, regularly take doses of medication to avoid dying. Yeah, that's... Okay, that is true, because, you know, in the first game, you didn't have to worry about it, but this one, yeah, because if you didn't, you know, you'd actually die, and you'd have Thanks to, Thanks like, to the jackal. Yeah, I believe, it, yes. Yes, I believe that is the case, and I know um, this one was more realistic, where you had to, like you know, make sure you could have, like, you know, your med kits and, you know, make sure you're hydrated. And I think there was, like, different aspects that made it more realistic, which actually made it a lot harder to play the game because you had to make sure that everything was good about yourself in order to actually continue and, and you know, continue yeah. with the story and whatnot. Um, a lot of the reports, um, just doing, like, research, like, a lot of the reviews on the gameplay itself, um, even though, like, there were positive things on the realism from the first one, the overall gameplay people found was overly repetitive and tedious. What, which, for, the, for the second one or for the first one? For the second one. Which, I mean, yeah. I, I know for Far Cry games, I understand tedious. <laughs> I mean, and, it, and the problem is, is like, you look at it. doesn't get better. Well, and so what he's talking about is, like, for example, I know in, I think it's, three because that's where it first kind of started the whole um outpost like taking over the outpost and outpost the radio towers that's where that one started yeah and it and it kind of developed into like you needed to take over certain areas so that way if you were in that particular spot you wouldn't have multitude of like yeah. enemies coming your way all at once hunting and then you're looking for things you know it's just yeah it becomes tedious after a while but i mean know, but so the, the only thing I was going to say is like the 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 beauty of you know like the first couple of games it it basically was like a foundation to what the other games became because as we talk about it um once we got into like the the co-op aspect it became a lot easier for you know players to get in with a buddy of theirs or whatever like this is more i think four and on when they started doing the co-op thing. Yeah. Um, but it became a lot easier instead of like doing it by yourself, because the first three games, it was like, you really had to do everything by yourself and kind of figure it out on your own where the fourth and fifth and sixth one, they we're definitely diving into this one in the next episode. What? The, the whole co-op and the problem with it. Well, yes, we can, we can definitely talk about that piece, but I was just saying like co-op wise as a whole, it it does make it a little bit easier to to do it it like through the campaign yes. wise. Yes. So for me, I, I mean, I like I said, I never played one and two, and only recently have I played three and actually four. Um, but for me, I think this game really takes off from three on because. That's really where we start seeing, and not that the first two games didn't have villains, because they did, but I think 3, 4, 5, and 6 is really where the villains sort of almost take the lead role. Yeah, and I, I know with, if we're jumping into the third one now, we can kind of do that, because the second one, 
it has its good points and has its bad points or whatever. But realistically, I can tell you three, four, five, and six definitely had a lot more story and a lot more, like he's saying, with the the villains actually having a bigger part in the um, the games itself. And and so, for example, in three, there's a guy named Boss. Okay, and it's he's like the the pirate lord. He's the yeah, right, the pirate lord, and he has a sister who's this like cult like leader of a like an ancient tribal you know group or whatever um or tribe really and you don't find that out until of course a little bit later in the game but it's interesting because yes the first person you do meet is if i'm not mistaken boss right and the point of it is is so there's a guy named what is it jason brody if i'm not mistaken Right, so let me let me go just over the over the overview oh, okay. of three. Sorry, so, I, I stepped over your toes. My bad. Um, so the setting is Rook Island, which in this one actually you can freely explore. You can walk around the entire map if you if you so desire to. So, and if I'm not mistaken, um, I know in the first two games as well, like you you could do that, and I know it was more kind of like. I'm not saying there wasn't like side quest or anything, but it was it was really more mission based. It was much more mission based. It wasn't open world style like as far as three and on, but this one is completely open world. You can like once you kind of have fully control over your character, you can explore the map kind of at free random. Like you can go from one end to the other and not not experience anything. Right, and and you basically. It's that whole like um, GTA effect where you know you can just go do whatever you really want and not actually have to follow the story quite yet because you can literally, you know, start going to a, let's say a radio tower or yeah an outpost or whatever depending on and what you do. It's with this one, um, you actually won't be able to see the map until you actually do the radio towers, which is kind of special, but. This game actually had more of the role-playing game features like skill trees and building experience than the first two games had. Well, so I will mention like the second one had a skill tree. It had certain things like certain abilities that you could get, but it wasn't, I would say it probably wasn't as in tune with the the games to come because yeah, I think more three really do. kind of more defined it and obviously when you get into four, five and six you know it changes and adapts and and gets better, um, but yes you do play as Jason Brody and basically at the start of the game you're kind of watching this video of him kind of being this kind of punk kid with his friends doing you know extreme stunts and they're jumping out of an airplane and they're kind of doing just random stuff on this island and as you're watching this video of them jumping out of the plane you kind of see this videos on a cell phone and then that's where you kind of have boss do his kind of opening monologue if i'm not mistaken didn't they blow up the plane I don't know. I can't remember if they did or not because I think they like they crashed over like the island itself or something like that. Because it's a possibility they were captured. So, um, but you kind of start as as him. You're captured. You were kidnapped by the the pirates, 
and you start the game trying to find where your friends are. And that's the kind of the gist of where you kind of are in the game. Um, I mean, in the, the thing about this game, too, what's nice is that, you know, once you progress through the story and you get to find your friends and whatnot, I think the most probably interesting thing is really towards the end of the game. I'm not going to go into it fully, but, like, this is where you kind of get to decide on, you know, do you stay with your friends or do you decide to go with your lover, you know, and do, and it, and it actually is quite interesting because that, you know, at the time, you know, a lot of your, actually, if I'm not mistaken, a lot, you, this is like one of the very few times too, that you can actually choose what you say and how you interact with those people. And it, it actually impacts what you do in the game a little bit too, because, um, it, it kind of drives the story in some ways of like what your ending could be. Cause I don't know if it's, is it like karma based? Cause it, it's been a little bit for me since I played the game, but I, I thought it was like a little karma, like good and bad and like how you were. I only played the first part of it recently. I haven't played the whole thing through, but okay. um, I found, I did find that three and four did play out awfully similar in, in the way that they were, they were played. They were awfully similar. Obviously, four is an upgrade from three in the way that the gameplay is. But a lot of the things that you're doing in three, you're also doing in four, just in a different place. Yeah, I mean, when you look at three and four, I mean, granted, one's on an island, and then four being in the, what was it? Uh, it's a country. Um, Kairat. Oh, Kairat. Yes. You know, so it, I know it's, it's like in the Himalayas. Yeah. So it's you know it's a little different, and it's a dictatorship. You know, um, being ruled by that that one particular region. But um, I mean, it, I guess it's somewhat similar to a degree, like with like some of the, you know, there's like mountainous areas. There's like colder parts. There's like a jungle. There's like you know all these different like aspects, which is kind of unique for a place like that especially being in the Himalayas but um you know I think overall I know with 4 it definitely became you know more of an upgrade because this is actually the first time they kind of like introduce um like helicopters or like a version of like a a flying machine you know to be able to go from one area to another where in Far Cry 3 it was more you're you're driving vehicles or you know you could have like um, like fast travel in some degree because of the radio towers and outposts. Right. But actually, did, am I am I right in saying that they had outposts in Far Cry Three, or did they not have that quite yet? They did have outposts. Well, they, okay. Yeah. Like I said, it has been a while, but they yeah, because basically the whole you'll notice the pattern with three, four, five, and six. It outposts became a big thing, and as well as the radio towers because. That's how the radio towers were allowing you for opening the the map up, and then the the outposts were more like fast travel, so you didn't have to like keep driving along and like like crap, where am I at now? Well, hold on, let me pull up the map. I know where I'm at now since I've already opened this region up or whatever. Um, and it just allows you to kind of explore more, you know, down the road. So that's why when you open the like the radio towers, the outpost, it allows you to, you know, also not have to worry about enemies. Like hunting you or or 
coming after you every two seconds as well. So just like three, four also had the same element, but four took it really extreme in the way that you had to do it. Um, but three, you know, did add a hunting element to upgrading certain things, like how much ammo you could carry, you know, how much things you could carry. Um, yeah. You had to hunt, you know, so many, you know, pig pelts or, you know, this kind of animal pelt. Yeah, and I and I know, like, the certain, like, skins like he's talking about in, in, in whatnot, I mean, even in, like, the first like games itself. I mean, like, like they have different weapons you can pick off of enemies and you can do like machine guns. And, um, I don't think maybe snipers or like sniper rifles, like things of that nature, but like there, you know, you might've had like a, you know, a grenade launcher or, you know, things like that. But like each of the games is also unique because they do have their own set of weapons that are different in some capacity, you know, throughout the games. And also, Believe it or not, in each area for like three, you know, and four, and basically all the way up, animals were like a real threat. Like, and I would say the biggest one that actually Matt and I did talk about was the mongoose, or yeah, it was the mongoose, or no, it was the um, uh, the honey badger. My bad, the honey, the honey badger. badger. Yeah. So those things, I don't know if you've ever actually seen one in real life, but in this game. These guys were ruthless. Like, they could almost kill you in one hit if you weren't careful. Like, these guys, you basically had to take your heaviest weapon and you started, you had to, like, start shooting it multiple times because that thing literally was somehow impenetrable. Yeah. So you had to, like, hit it two or three times before it would ever go down. And this thing's not big. It's not like you're versing a rhino. It's not like you're versing a, a moose or a, you know, bison or, or whatever, right? I mean, these things were so small that these things were quick. So, like, you couldn't go up to it and knife it. And even if you tried, you better have some skills that would allow you to, you know, to be able to do that really quick because there's very few times where you could do that. I mean, talking to animals, I, I hated the eagles, to be honest. You know, the eagles in four... One, when they were flying, you could barely hit them because of how they flew. And when they swooped in, you literally just couldn't do anything. Well, there's nothing you really can't. The, the, the only way you can really kill them, because I know when, I'm, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but like, I know when, for example, five, right? So like, because there's eagles too, and they would come and swoop in and, and do all that. It's a very small window when they're flying in at yeah. you. So you really had to like, you almost had to, you literally had to like almost anticipate their flight pattern and you almost had to get exactly where they were going to go in order to like kill it. So I know in four, they introduced, um, and they might've done it in three, but the, the bow and arrow, right? Cause I don't know if they did that in three off the top of my head, but I know in four, they did that if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. There were bow and arrows in four. Yeah. Cause that one, the reason why that's important is because, once you unlock that thing, once you, like, if you killed an animal with it, you can pick up the same arrow that you just killed that animal with. And it was nice because you can upgrade it to have explosive arrows. And fire arrows. Fire arrows. Fire arrows well, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Because those, like, if there's, like, a grassy, grassy area, yeah, those guys are done. You know, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. But, like, you want an explosive arrow? Good luck. I'm like, especially, like, against a rhino or something. 
like you might have to like shoot it a few times, but you know, at least that thing's going down at some point. All right. So we did kind of, you know, we have been talking about four. So, um, Far Cry four well, came we, out in 2014. Oh, okay. Well, we did, we didn't do the overview yet. Right. Cause okay. You, never mind. You go ahead. Um, the protagonist is AJ Gall, and you know he is, I guess, kind of caught in this civil war because he just lost his mother. Right. Well, who was originally from? Who's Iran? Yeah, initially from there, and he is traveling from the U.S. back to his homeland to spread his ashes there and that's kind of where that story takes place like you know they're flying in in a helicopter and i think it's like a bus or something that he comes in on as well like yeah pagan men you know basically he he basically is the dictator right so he's the one in charge of the country but he'll get into that so aspects of this game story actually were inspired by the 1996 and uh, 1996 through 2006 Nepalese Civil War, which is interesting. Yeah, I never, I didn't know that. I mean, I actually never knew there was a civil war to begin with, but that um, is, that's like it's, a- it's kind of inspired by, it's not based on it, it's just inspired by it. But um, P- Pagan Min, who, you know, he's kind of a self appointed king, he, he wasn't voted in or, you know, he, Basically came in, took over, and I'm king. So the one thing I will mention is when you look at three and you look at four, so Voss is very psychotic. I want to mention this because it's very important, especially with the the games we're going to be talking about. Voss is very psychotic. Like, he's got a lot of mental health issues going on. Like, he's basically a serial killer to another degree. He He's the definition of insanity. Correct. Like, he is literally it. Yeah. And Pagan Min, he's this, like, fancy, flashy, kind of like a very, um, I don't even know how to call it. Like, he's not, he's not flamboyant. Well, I, although, actually, not. He I is very you know, flamboyant. Very, no, you're right. No, yo, he's very flamboyant. He's very um, metrosexual. Like, he's very, um, it, it's actually quite surprising with him, but he's very calm. He. To a degree. He's very cold. He's cold, he's calm, but but when you do make him angry, like, he doesn't just stop. He keeps going. No, he keeps going, and when you first meet him, I think, like, you first get this understanding of who he is, and then by the very, very end of the game... It's a completely different message. It's a completely different message, and then you look back at the beginning, and you're like... Wait a minute. Like this whole time you had this one perception of him towards your character. Right. But the whole game it wasn't even that. Well, and I think the and I'm only going to mention this too real quick is like so Voss, right? So being in like the jungle, you know, he's very like his style of like let's say clothing is like, you know, more military like, more like um like khakis, you know, kind of like the tank top and, you know, kind of like jungle apparel, I guess you want to say. Pagan Min, on the other hand, has like a full-on suit, like a pink suit. Like a pink, purplish suit. Yeah, it's a pink suit. And I'm like, dude, it's cold as hell, like, in the Himalayas. Why are you wearing a suit, for God's sakes? I mean, 
it is not the the weather to be wearing a full on suit. Like he needs to be wearing like yeah. a like a full on parka and like cold weather gear really to be like living out in this area. But I think the one thing that you need to know is like where he's living is actually quite sunny, which is surprising. He has a nice place. I'm he has, a, you know, and some of the areas that you visit in the in Kairat is like. Like I've mentioned, is like you'll see the sunny parts, you'll see some of the nicer areas, and then like you go further north, and it's all snowy, and it's it's yeah. really difficult. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, too, the weather in that game actually plays a huge effect on, um, especially when you're going up north. Like it affects like I thought like your your health and things too, right? Like especially with like the cold weather, like areas and whatnot. If you go outside. Right, if you go out yes, right, because I yeah. think that's that's part of it, where it also introduces like the weather being a, a factor in like how, what you can do, only for a certain right. amount of time. So um, this game too, you know, in the, you know, the the reviews and criticisms for this game, um, was really about more of the lack of innovation from Far Cry Three. Which I can yeah. I can see it, you know, playing four and then I played, you know, I played a part of three. Playing three after I played four, I'm as I'm playing it, I'm like, this is almost exactly the same. Like I feel like I'm doing the same so thing. I don't want to spoil it really too much, but like three had different things about it that I liked because, you know, you have the style of getting to choose your story and in kind of going about like what you do and how you do it. And I mean, now of course throughout the game, you know, there are certain points where um, just like in four where, you know, you'll do something and all of a sudden you get kidnapped and boss like starts speaking to you and he's like, Hey, you better, you know, cut the crap, you know, whatever. Um, and it, it's like in four, because I know pig and men at some point he'll hunt you and then he captures you and then he brings you right back to where you originally started. And it's also like a dialogue that you get to see throughout the game. Well, you do that in four too, because well, that's what you I know, mean. There, yeah. there are two different, you know, even with the, um, I forget the name. I want to call them the Golden Thumb, but that's not what they are. Um, I know. What, I think I know what you're talking about. Yes. I don't remember. It's not. There's the a Thumb. faction that's against the Pagan Men. It, it's. Is it the Golden I, I don't Temple? know why I just called them the Pagan Men. I mean, that's just the, his name. But there's yeah. a faction that's against Pagan Men. And basically, there are two characters, a male and a female, that kind of are vying for leadership of this group. Well, and I mean, the main goal is really independence from pagan. In the in the in the game, for a lot of the missions, you have to choose whether you're going to him or to her or to her. And if you'd go to him, you know, he has more of a, you know, military approach where he's more of, we got to go kill those guys. And she's more of on the business side of, well, she's more you know, of, a there's a, there's a, you know, an opium field over there. We want to save that so we can make money for our faction. So, I mean, she's more of a, like a diplomat, like she's like a diplomatic approach. He, he's more of the, the aggressive. It's more of a business side. Cause well, yeah. she, she's, she's wanting to fund. The continue right the, their their movement by you know not destroying you know an opium field. I mean, but they're they're really a re they're the rebellion against you know the dictatorship, which it makes sense like when you're playing it. 
Um, it's just there there are choices like three. I mean, the, yeah, and that's the whole game. Like you have to choose, you know, whether you're going to go in and you know destroy the fields and kill the soldiers, or whether you're going to try to save the fields and go a different route. And you have to kind of make those choices in that game. Well. And it, but that's the beauty of it, where it allows you to choose because it also, like I said, it develops the story in different aspects throughout the game, especially towards the end. When you know, just like in three, you have to make a decision. You also have to make a decision on what you want to do with him. Um, like again, I mean, right. I'm going into where or you know what happens, but you know, it's the the storyline. Whether you choose one or the other is very interesting how you go about it. I mean, you can always look it up too, to kind of see like what you didn't get to do on either end. Um, but going into, f- I, I, I want to do five. Cause I think I, I actually, five is my favorite. Fine. I guess I'll do six. Um, five is, is set in modern day Montana. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, you know, the setting in four was, was awesome. I, I I love the setting in four, but five. So, so I, something about five, like I I love the way five looks. I will preface this though. This actually is the first game that Matt and I did get to play together because this is where, on like because unfortunately four we never got to play co-op, but this is the first time Matt and I actually got to play co-op, and yeah. and this is where a lot of the the again un, unfortunately we'll be talking about it in the next episode, but you know co-op has its ups and downs depending on what you're doing but certainly does um so five is different i think from the other ones in that this one's not a dictator it's not like some radical scientist or somebody selling arms to do different faction this one is a kind of a doomsday cult um no we're gonna try this again it's a religious well it's it's a doomsday cult because they're 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 looking at bringing about the the destruction of well, yeah like judgment day really yeah. is but the thing is about it is like it's and unfortunately i hate saying it this is a <laughs> christian based cult that is actually ha- well loosely okay lo- loosely really because the but i know we're gonna go into the character names but a lot of the character names are literally based on christianity well i'm just saying because that is like the the only the main... scripture they really quote is Revelation, which well, I understand. If you know any Bible scriptures, I mean, it's easy to quote Revelation. Anyways, moving on. So the Doomsday Cult in this game is is the project at Eden's Gate, and it's led by the father, who is Joseph Seed, and his siblings. Um, so you, when you start the game, you assume the role of a sheriff's deputy, which is kind of cool because you can actually customize the way he looks. Not so much in his appearance, I think, but in the way that he's dressed. Well, and this actually was the first time that you actually get to do customization. Right. Which was nice because in the other games... Again, not so much in how he looks, but in the clothes that he wears. Well... You can change the, like, as you can make it a male or female. Like, this is the first time you can choose your, your gender and yeah, the, yeah. Way the person looks and whatever. But, yeah. Um, and if you, you know, you, there was an actual store related to this game. So, you, you know, you could actually buy, you know, 
pagan men's outfit. You could buy Joseph Seeds. Like you could buy different outfits, like which is kind of cool. And and you, um, this is where they also like Ubisoft really kind of do the did the whole um like collectibles for like the vehicles, so you could get like the pagan men, and you could get like Voss or you know some real, heads, yeah the yeah. little bobbleheads on the cars. Um. So this one, you know, it it kind of did away with more of the needing to hunt. So four had an entire hunting element with, you know, how much ammo you could carry, you know, how much bait you could carry. Basically, everything was in a pouch, and everything needed to be upgraded four times. Um, well, the fourth one actually required you to do a, a, a fashionista mission, which <laughs> yeah. you, ha- you had to go hunt an exotic animal with a particular weapon. One of them actually was a crazy, insane honey badger. <laughs> yeah, like I said. So, I mean, and it, what, what I liked about Five, I'm not going to lie, is like it actually started to introduce the whole fishing concept. Yes. Yeah, fishing, you, you actually had bait. Uh, you could buy, I think there were three different fishing poles that you could buy. Yeah, and you could literally just go up to a body of water, and each body of water had different fish. You had different baits for different fish, and if I'm not mistaken, like this one, like besides doing the, it was still really hard to do it. Well, the, you're right, but like but, what the what the animals, like I can say that Matt and I, we found a little little glitch in the system. So there's a certain part of the map where there's a bunch of bison, and so if you had the bow and arrow, and if you had the explosive arrows, like the the actual like you know grenade you know, attached to the arrow. Um, you keep doing that every time and you kept, of course, buying your ammo, whatever. You would make so much money <laughs> that you could literally buy all the weapons, you could buy clothing, you could buy yeah. vehicles, whatever. Yeah. So we would have we would keep doing that for like at least two hours. And we'd have so much money between the both of us that we're like, okay, we're gonna buy this helicopter, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And the one thing that I liked about this game, which they actually this is the first time they ever did this was the whole companions, right? So you'd have yes. like, you know, and your... it forced you to do that because you actually had to talk to the NPCs. Where the other games, you didn't have to. Right. And and like your like the different companions you would get, so you would get like animal companions. So there's the first companion you actually meet is Boomer, which is a dog. It's a farm dog really. But he's a tracking dog, right? So he allows you to kind of do like the the beauty of these companions is that they have different abilities. They have different things that allow you to do um different things so like there's one that might do stealth another one's like you know heavy you know like one of them is herc who's this guy who holds a freaking rocket launcher and he like you know brings his like jeep Uh, and the the humans obviously are the most beneficial especially like this one you know as opposed to four because four really had fortresses and this one actually does have legit outposts and there's a ton of outposts in this game and it's helpful because like you can go up to somebody and talk to them and you know they may be like hey you know i need this like this one definitely had more follow me right and it had a lot more side quests this one had a lot more yeah where like for example like it's not part of the main story or actually i think oh no it's not it's the fishing pole like the getting that fishing pole or whatever that's that's more of a side quest that you can do um but like I know with like the challenges too, you know, there there wasn't as many as there was in like four, 
where you'd have to do, like he was saying, like you had to do like so many, you know, let's say you had to kill like four um, deer or like, you know, whatever, like alligators or crocodiles, whatever, like whatever it was at the time. Like it, you ha- like this one, you can do certain things. You can be like, um, if I'm not mistaken, you can like capture so many or like kill so many like bison and like you would get like skill points. That's what it was. You would get skill points and you would use those skill points to like upgrade your like, you know, uh, certain abilities or certain, um, you know, weapons or certain things like that. So it allow you to do more, which it was nice because those challenges helped you in the long run, you know, so that's why it was also important to also like do hunting and fishing and other things like that too, because it would give you like skill points that would help you down the road as well, besides just like doing main missions and, and doing all those kinds of things as well. Um, but I will mention there was one particular person out of this whole, you know, group of people. So like you had John. Okay. So he was like the first, like when he, when he, Matt was talking about like the siblings. Okay. Like this game, had multiple bosses. It wasn't just one. It was four. Okay, you had John was your first one. You had, was it Hope? Yes. Okay, and then you had which Jacob. I know we're not doing likes or dislikes, and we're kind of getting to the point of no return here. Well, no, I, I, I get you. We, we got to get there, but I hated Hope. I, I agree, because, and I'll, and I'll explain this real Bliss. quick. Okay, Ugh. and the reason why is because... Bliss bullets. She, well, yes, but I will say that <laughs> she became a royal pain in the butt. Yes. And because she was like, it's like if you, I'm not saying, I'm not condoning this by any means, but it's like taking an LSD trip, okay? Like, the whole thing that she does is is ridiculous, but I know we're not going into the, like, those particular pieces, but, you know, the game itself, I think it did an amazing job with the graphics, the the weapons and everything were great and overall i think i agree with matt it's definitely one of my favorites you know because it's a game that i think both him and i like even if we jumped on now like we i could play it again with him and there would be no issue um yeah but the, let's let's dive into the the last far cry well sorry the last main far cry so 6 came out in 2021 and it's set in the fictional island of Yara, which I guess you can say is kind of loosely based on Cuba. That's pretty much what it would be. Yeah. Um, It's ruled by a dictator, Anton Castillo. Who is, was it Giancarlo Esposito? Yes. Yeah, he's the, if you know him, you'll know who he is. So he's, you know, he's seeking to bring his son Diego to be his heir. Amidst a, you know, revolutionary uprising by freedom fighters. It's kind of like the, like the, the whole crisis that Cuba had a long time ago, but in a yes, modern day the, setting. Um, Cuban Revolution, 1953 to 1959. Right, where Castro, it, it's very similar because yeah. I would agree on that piece. Uh, so you assume the role of a guerrilla fighter, Danny Rojas, attempting to topple... Castillo and his regime. Um, this one actually did feature amigos, which were animal oh. companions that assisted you. Um, they had their like kind of own individual skills. I, I will admit, um, com- they, you know, they assisted in combat or exploration. The funniest one out of them all was Chicharron. 
Like it was a, yes, okay, a, really a fighting it was, chicken. It was like it was a yes, it was a uh, a rooster. Okay, and it literally. I thought you were gonna say the word. I'm not gonna say that word. No, but it was it honestly it was the like when you see him. Like in the, what's funny is like his owner. Oh, that mission to go get him though. Oh, that was a pain. Oh, that was a pain. Having to go after, you know. Oh, you to, mean like to like get to get him, and then you basically have to go like after this guy who is running this racket of fighting chickens. Yeah, cockfighting. But yes. And he basically, to make a long story short, he six all of his fighting roosters after you right and and but, the rest of the whole game you and you randomly encounter them all over the place well and the funny thing about that is is that they like to, to actually like because you actually have to do like multiple missions to get to your own just like the other you know companions but the one thing i do remember is like he's saying hey look look at that billboard he's telling you to like you know face it or something like that and it, it's supposed to have like you know the logo of chicharron and i was like so you have to climb all these like different billboards in different areas and i'm just like this is ridiculous i'm doing this for a, a freaking rooster right now like for <laughs> all animals i'm having to do this but the beauty of six just like in five it does the graphics are amazing the weapons i mean the just even the vehicles and stuff like there's so much you can do I mean, this one actually, if I'm not mistaken, introduces like a, it's like a dune buggy with like a, but it, it basically it's like, it's a, almost like a, an airplane, but like in a dune buggy and it, it, but allows you to kind of fly around. But this one is where Matt and I, when we were playing, we'd almost get ourselves killed. I liked the little helicopter, but John liked the dune buggy, but you can't <laughs> see, and we'll get into this one in the next episode, but you can't land it. No. Because you can only land it in a certain way or you would blow up. Well, it's <laughs> the problem is is that you basically would have to have a nice like road or a landing strip. Or you bail. Or, <laughs> or in his case, yes, you would have to bail on that piece. Um, but I think in this game, I I I know Matt can disagree, but I I think this game also took it to another level in in some regards when it comes to um you know the different because there's like different factions you you get to see. Um, there's different people that you actually get to meet, which is nice. Um, and it al- kind of like allows you to Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo. Believe it or not, he's a little like side like DLC. But like, there's so many different things in this yeah. game that I can't even describe. It's more like you have to play it, and it really is a really good game, in my opinion. I mean, it was good. I mean, I'm I'm not a a huge fan of this one in particular. But I mean the the whole guerrilla war fighting. I mean that. I mean that was a different, you know, approach to this kind of style again. Yes, and I and I do like the map, and I I do like you know kind of what they did with having the territories. Yeah, I, the territories were new for this game, and and it actually. And, from the other ones, because the other ones, like, you didn't really have territories. You just well, had, like, kind of outposts. I mean, 5 was more territorial because it, it, it did because, you know, when you had, you know, John, Jacob, and Hope, like, they had their own regions. So you'd have to, like, go to those particular spots and explore it as well. Well, they had regions, but I, I think with 6, they made, you know, they really made these, like, regions kind of, like, you had to do everything in that region to open it up for your your fighters. Well, so the one thing that I do remember is, like, each particular region, even in 5, is, like, they had their own, like, factions. 
Like you actually had to meet the leaders and you had to go like talk to them and like do missions for them to gain their respect and everything else. And like, that was the, the nice part from five is six is that, you know, it, it kind of allowed you to kind of, you didn't have to do one. You didn't have to really do anything, but I mean, in order to progress, like you'd have to go meet these guys or gals or whoever, and you'd have to go, you know, help them do their missions and do whatever, but it allows you to kind of do it in a different way. So instead of like going, let's say to John in five, you could have went to hope or you could have went to Jacob and, you know, done those missions over there and then came back and then did those. So there really is no particular order. Just like in six, six, you didn't, I mean, you could have started anywhere and it didn't really matter where you started. Um, and it really just allows you to kind of, you know, see the world for what it is. But I will say that in six, it is actually a lot bigger. It is actually a lot more, you know, there's like, you have like the little small island, but then there's like all this other you know, island that is like yeah. huge and all. And you actually aspects. need the you know flying vehicles to yes. get to where you are. Except the flying vehicles sometimes don't help you because that was the game that actually had anti-air missiles. Anti-air missiles, which made it a lot harder. So what you'd have to do is you'd have to go all over the place because this was the one time where you actually had to go and figure out where those anti-air missile like. You and know, you had to take those out. And Before then you, you could kind fly. of fly in that area, but they would, you know, they would take you out. Yeah. And I mean, it was nice because like, yeah, it was kind of a pain because you'd have to go like take the outpost and like right nearby it, it would be like the anti-air. So you'd have to go get it. But like the first thing you would honestly would probably need to do is go to one region, figure out where all those anti-air missiles are, get rid of them immediately. If there's an outpost nearby, you might as well take it over. But, you know, it's so much easier like I'm saying it, I'm saying this as a tip. Take out all the anti-air missiles in that particular spot before you start going around. Because Matt and I learned a few times that <laughs> you have to fly really low in order for them to not. And so, like, when you're driving that dune buggy that flies, you literally almost have to be, like, hovering off the ground for it to not hit you. Because yeah. you will die. It, it, there, it will come after you, and it will actually blow you up. Unless you get lucky, and you are somehow, like, going at... Not saying supersonic speed, but enough where it's not aiming at you directly. So the last thing that I will mention before we kind of close off the the show here is the Supremo weapons. Yes, which we didn't really mention. No, these are right. th these are kind of new for this game, and they were kind of like, I guess, kind of made for the character in a garage. Right, but kind they were a weapon. They're the more was well, the guy I can't remember his name, but there's like the other like he's like your main partner or like partner in crime, whatever. But he's like gorilla, you know. So the way he says it, yeah. I love his voice, but it's like gorilla weapons that basically like help those you know the character. Like there could be a flamethrower, there could be like um, electric. I like shock. the one personally, you know, being you know the game itself. There was one that basically healed. You know, it kind of yeah. it kind of gave that mist around you that would perpetually heal you. Yeah, if you if took damage. Like I liked that one, but there were other ones that like you know flung fireworks and did damage. And there was like a, I think there was like a dubstep. What was that? Am I no? Maybe I'm thinking of a different game. But there was there was like a music one that they had or something like that. But like they had different weird funny ones. But 
Um, the weapons were kind of crazy too. Oh, the, this one became like another level of craziness when it came to the like overall weapons. I mean, you there were so many weapons in that game that there was an endless of possibilities. I mean, I think there do. was one that just shot like saw blades. Yes, it was like the hacksaw or yeah. something like that. But and uh, the the rocket launchers in this one were by far better than any other game yes. because you actually had rocket launchers that locked onto flying vehicles yes yes and it, and it, it helped because especially when they like reinforcers would come in granted it still took like three or four to shot like shoot down a helicopter but no but if like let's see like i said i know we're talking about co-op later but like if you had a partner with you at least it would make it easier to yes. shoot it down right but if you're doing it by yourself good luck yeah it still takes three or four but anyways so that i think brings us to the end of our kind of far cry overview Yes, of course, we missed things. Well, we didn't go over every little detail, but hey. So, so like, the one thing, you know, there's a, two other games. It's Blood Dragon. It Honestly, I don't even think you need to worry about it. It's just a little piece off of, uh, I'm pretty sure it's, like, four or five. I don't know. It came out whenever. It's kind of fun, but. But then you have Primal, which I've talked about. Um, it's it's a it's an okay game, but just depending on if you like you know cavemen, barbaric, whatever. It it's kind of one of those games that you don't necessarily need to play. But some people like it, some people didn't. I can tell you, I thought it was stupid personally. But again, to each their own. Do whatever you want. And then the other game was actually a continuation off of five, which was called Far Cry New Dawn, and it just goes over the like the aftermath of what happens in five, which again you'd have to play to understand it. And honestly, it's it's a game that I tried, and I can tell you it's not... It was okay. It wasn't like the other ones. No, and it, it really didn't do it any justice. No. But So I do think that's the end of our episode this week. We thank you guys for listening and tuning in again. We do really do appreciate all the support and love that you guys are giving us. And we will be back again next week with our part two of our Far Cry series, which will be posted again monday at eight o'clock in the morning and again in every description of our episodes you'll find a link tree link which will give you all of our links to our social media accounts or website and all the different apps that we are currently posted on so go check out our link tree and i know john has one more thing before we go so john the last thing I'm going to say is I, wa I want to give a shout out real quick. So Matt and I, a little bit ago, we got our own um, polos that were done up. They were really nicely done up. Um, the place is actually called Embroidery Creations. They're actually a really cool little spot. It's in Londonderry. Um, it's over by the, I believe it's the Apple Cinemagic or the, the Apple Cinemas or whatever it is over there. But anyways, it's a cool little place. If you ever want to get anything like embroidered or, you know, just had like some kind of logo design or something like that they can do like different fonts different styles and i think you know might potentially start using them a little bit down the road if we ever decide to you know go down that route but we wanted to give them a shout out so again if you're ever in the area by all means go ahead and check that out again we invite you to come back and join us again next week for more geeky discussions until then stay, stay geeky, geeky.